0: Okay, sure. that is recording. This is Nazim podcast. Take one <laughs> of many. Okay, let's do oh, it. Here we
1: go. Welcome to another episode of the Survivor's Guide to the Coronavirus with Nazim Hussein. Uh and uh wow, what a treat! Today we have the great man baka in the virtual house. Welcome, hey all. buddy. How, how have you been doing? Have you been coping? I don't know if I'm supposed to
0: go public and say this, but I've been loving it. I mean, I have I have like five ho- hobbies that I'm passionate about, uh-huh. but I really get time to really give them the time that I'd like to.
1: Yeah.
0: Now I have no choice but to. It's like, yeah, you better do your damn hobbies. What else are you going to do?
1: Well, is, well, is that, well What I, I see you as someone that would be doing, you'd be you'd be painting little figurines. Is that sort of? Is that my? Mind the ballpark. What are your hobbies? Would you be you,
0: not no? really? Yeah. I'll t- I'm
1: happy to tell you what they are. They're not. I'm not secretive about. Them. Okay. Right.
0: Carpentry. And you know, I've been trying to build
1: shit in my garage for years, well, so I'm so, getting so, back into that. So that's a historical hobby of Arge's. That's your. That you've, you used well, to. Well, no, like that.
0: that's about five years old since I started the Dim Network. Do it myself uh, on on
1: YouTube. Do it myself with Arge Barker. Well, so, so it's like you legitimately doing real carpentry or comic carpentry.
0: Well, I'm building real things, but it, there's an element of of comedy to it but uh but it's real carpentry it's like a hybrid of informative and idiotic uh and silly so it's 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 sort of a hybrid but uh you will actually learn to build dog stairs or what you know whatever the specific thing i'm doing on there what's a dog stair? it's a stairs for your
1: dog so that they can get up to your bed <laughs> 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 that's so cute. Is that a real thing? Dogs need stairs to get your any... I thought people didn't want dogs to sleep with them, but you're saying that that's no. Absolutely,
0: everyone thinks they don't, but when you get a dog, it's only a matter of months before it's on your bed sleeping with you.
1: Whoa! Does it piss in your bed? I don't know how dogs work. They don't shit and piss. You... No, 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 no. Not unless they're really old or they're unwell. Yeah, yeah but yeah. no, no, they're good dogs. Oh, so okay, that's pretty. So you can make you make dog stairs. What about cat stairs? Is the same sort of thing? Yeah, same thing. If you
0: as your animals get older. Uh, they may lose the ability to jump up and you want to help them, you know? <laughs> so, what about... It's an act of love for your pet to build them, you
1: know, it's like, it's like for any senior citizen, you want to help them, you know? That's really sweet. So how, how long does it, take in, does it take one from... from so, so, someone like me, no skills in carpentry to be able to make... And get, and then gift some dog stairs to someone.
0: Well, it took me about a week, you know, a, a few hours a day, you know, and I'm I'm really slow. Yeah. You could see that's one of my favorite episodes. It's called Insane Dog Stairs. That's on YouTube if people want to look at that. And it's got one of the best gags in the whole series. Okay. okay. Even if you just watch the last two minutes, the gag with the dog uh, is a classic. Have you?
1: Did you sell them? Do you sell these pieces?
0: No, no. I just <laughs> I just build them and then we try to make videos.
1: Are you the only comedian that also has a side gig in carpentry?
0: Well, I won't be soon. We'll all be bloody doing carpentry. <laughs> but I will, I will say we do live in a, in, a, in a time where things we never expected. I mean, just think about two months ago, if I ran into you at a show, two yeah. months ago, and I said, <laughs> in two months, we won't legally be able to leave our house, you know, unless we're getting a vital, you know, like getting groceries.
1: Or if, if you say in two months, I'm going to be teaching you how to make dog stairs because I'm not allowed out of the house. <laughs> I'm learning how to draw circles. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cough, but we're gonna edit this out,
0: right? I bet mean, I got some goddamn sawdust trapped in my throat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can we please keep that in?
0: Yeah, you can if you want, but <laughs> no, the sawdust gets in there. I was literally just cutting uh, boards before I came. Before I, what, I forgot are, about them. What do you making? I forgot about the podcast. I came to get a glass of water, and I saw your text. That was lucky. But oh, thanks, man. But I will say this: Why are certain people able to focus better? Hmm. Why are certain people able to get stuff done, hmm. do things that they didn't know they they never found time for now. It's not just that we don't some of us don't have work to go to. It's because we live and I'm the first person to coin this this coin this phrase, I hope.
1: Google it. We
0: live in a post FOMO era
1: right now. A post FOMO era. Because there's nothing to mow.
0: There's nothing to mow.
1: There's nothing. There's no worry. fear of missing well, out. you know what? And... I, I I have a bit of mo about this whole carpentry thing, but I could probably just do it. Do it, man. Yeah, I could just do it. Yeah.
0: But you don't feel that. But you're not actually going to be sitting. I'm going. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so jealous. Yeah. Like I'm not sawing a board right now. You yeah, know, you know
1: post what I mean? Like, like oh. we're in a post my So right now, well, uh, yeah. nobody gets jealous of other people doing hobbies. You know what I mean? No. But you know, like, okay, someone tried to teach me about Marxism a while ago, and. Have you heard about Karl Marx? Yeah, sure. Oh, Karl Marx, of course. Dead. Had some things to say about capitalism. Yeah, smart guy. And he Yeah, the great the great dictator, great one of the great silent film actors of all time, for sure. I couldn't agree or disagree. I don't know enough about him. No, I
0: was joking. I was mixing them with Groucho Marx or one of those guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. okay For okay, comical okay. reasons. not yeah. didn't
0: make any sense at all. <laughs> uh, no, I liked no. it. Karl Marx, he's the father of communism or something, right?
1: Mm. Isn't he like of just an Australian Australian scientist and he goes on the radio a lot? <laughs> no, no, that's Doctor Karl. It's oh sorry. <laughs> but anyway, See, that's a better <laughs> gag. <laughs> that's a better gag. But he basically <laughs> he said. Well, Richard, that guy's on the wrong side of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the right side of the right. Yeah, his name should be in the title but no, don't tell him. Um, <laughs> but basically he said the, his, his critique on the world and capitalism was that we work too hard. Yes, capitalism's good because it creates efficiencies in the world but really we've pretty much finished making all the things. Now the point of life is to just chill out and enjoy and essentially I think live in what you've described as a post FOMO world, where we, don't need to, where we don't need to get up and do the rat race, where we can just get up and freaking make dog stairs and learn to draw circles and <laughs> cough on sawdust. So maybe we're living his dream.
0: FOMO is also about, you know, I'm missing out on exciting things happening right now. And truthfully, I know I can say that I'm pretty sure I'm not, you know? We need to be around people. Have you had this experience where you're watching a show and you see someone shake hands and you go, ew.
1: (laughs) Well, people with anxiety now, apparently are seeing their levels of anxiety drop or no, something about people with anxiety feeling a little bit better because now everyone is sort of, we're all on the same page and there's some sort of relatability now. We might need to edit that out just for factual purposes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 moved the goalposts, you know. Germaphobes are now like the the rational people, you know, and uh, we're all basically training ourselves to 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 behave like germaphobes now. That's right. bizarre. That's
1: right. well, okay, so one, one other thing I want to bring up, here, which is um, uh, we were talking about it a while back about people that have, um, have gotten coronavirus. And the assumption is that, well, the, the large assumption amongst the scientific community seems to be that you will then have some level of immune, well, you're like immune to the virus for, for immunity. Immunity. Yeah, immunity. Yeah, immunity. <laughs> that a word. Um, and then those people are like a, a first class, you know, they're, they're like first class citizens because they can walk around, talk to people, touch people. They can go visit sick people and they won't catch stuff. So... They have. They should be given. And we'll talk about. I remember being mocked by the producer James, who you said should be on the other side of the mic. He said, "Is something to, something to the effect of that's what happened in um, World War Two, and that worked out really well." Was he or someone that said that? But I heard today that in two places in the world, I can't remember where, they are actually issuing certificates, which is apparently not that good an idea because you can just give the certificate to your friend if you are immune and they're called Immunes now, and some other place where you where your phone has a QR code, so if you're out and about, you can just be like, hey, I'm an immune, I can do what I like kind of thing. So what do you think of the idea of people that have gotten onto the other side of coronavirus being given some sort of special tattoo or passport?
0: It seems fair. I guess it's fair enough. If they can prove beyond a doubt that you actually get immunity because they really don't know that. And also, this thing could mutate, so you might get one version, and then know uh, six months later, there might be a different version around that you're not immune to, so mm-hmm. it's not as black and white as people would like to make it, make it sound. And there's really n- there's no concrete evidence that it causes immunity yet, as far as I know that. And I, but I'm not an expert nor a scientist, but I mean I do read yeah. at least two or three articles a day.
1: <laughs> But also uh, that's pretty much the same answer that a like doctor gave to us when Naz asked that same question which she's habitually asking everyone we come across. I just feel like there needs to be some sort of silver lining to to this whole thing. No, about. you're just obsessed <laughs> with the idea of this tattoo. Because <laughs> it's sort of, it's a bit of it's a ray of hope, you know, if you've gone there and you get over it. But then apparently that encourages us to this other podcast. People are... They, they're back in the day. They used to be like you know, chickenpox parties or immunity parties. So even historically, medieval times, when someone would have like some gross disease or illness, they would people would take the scabs and then mix it up and drink it to try to get the disease, so that they get a lower version of it, and then they could become immune, and then they are known as immunes. Anyway. Susan,
0: so you want to make some Corona shakes? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: How do I introduce someone that's already on the phone? Just this is Mustafa Fahua. He is uh, the founder and um, I'm not sure of his current role, but he basically started the Islamic Museum of Australia, the first of its kind in Australia. He's also someone that was the managing director of Macquarie Private Bank Australia and New Zealand. Also, he was the CEO of a big construction company. And when I used to work at an office, because I knew Mustafa, I would get away with stuff because I set up meetings with him, with my bosses and him, and that would just like win me all sorts of credit and, uh, you know, that just let me get away with stuff. So anyway, thanks for joining us today, bro.
2: Thanks, Nazeem. You're a bit uh, too kind with uh, all the titles. I wish I was managing director of Macquarie, but I was a director.
1: Oh, he was something. He was basically – he was someone that like <laughs> impressed my bosses and they were like, you know Mustafa? I was like, yeah, I'll set up a meeting. And then um, anyway, but, but more than that, right now – He's uh, working at the Islamic Museum and you—you um, uh, you, how's it going right now with, with, with all this lockdown, the museum? It is,
0: it is difficult,
2: but uh, now we've, uh, but it's forced us to take a new lens and change around. So now we're bringing the IMA into people's homes rather than them coming to the IMA So or the you, Islamic Museum.
1: You can pretty much go to the museum on your phone in bed.
2: So we've brought all our educational program that we provide to the schools, um, all the educational resources um, now free for every parent that's at home wants to educate their kids. Our educational program is aligned to the national school curriculum and soon we'll be launching uh, our 360 virtual tour of the museum. So as you said, you can be on your phone, in your bed yeah. and uh, pretty much be like you're
1: at the museum. James, you got a kid, um, you could teach your kid about Islamic history and culture from the bed. Excellent. Uh, Yes. Hey, also, um, how's Ramadan um, looking for the Muslim community right now? It's pretty weird, huh? Yeah, it's
2: a bit, uh, you know, a, a lot of the Muslims are sad but uh, as I say, I try to look at the positives of every, uh, you know, everything that happens. Uh, you get to spend more time with your family. You get to be at home. Yeah. Um, you know, pray at home. But yeah, it's unfortunate the mosque was closed. And normally, that's uh, you know, this month is a month of gathering and sharing food and meeting people and everyone gathering at the mosque with tarawih prayers. Yeah. So it's a bit
1: sad. Okay. But, so, that, so what he just mentioned was a thing called tarawih prayers. So, no, so Muslims, we don't eat from sunrise to sunset. Don't eat or drink water. Yes. Not even water, no sex either. And then um, once the sun sets, we can eat and then we pray. And then there's like, then there's a bit of a break and then there's like the normal night prayer. But then during Ramadan, there's like a long prayer. Normally, men and, you know, and people go to the mosque and you pray, but it's really quite a long prayer. Um, but now, because we could pray at home, I find myself doing very short verses of the Quran. <laughs> Um, which is probably sort of goes against the spirit of... But anyway, I'm doing it. But you were telling me, Mustafa, about this live streaming thing. Some mosques were thinking about live streaming the prayer from the mosque. Is that happening? Yeah,
2: so- so at Preston Mosque, we were considering uh, live stream- having the imams still do the Tarawih prayers and live streamers. So people like us that don't know much of the Quran, rather than our prayer going for three minutes, it might go for, you know, at least a good 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, a fatwa had come out that, um, that said, you know, no, this, this doesn't work and uh, you can't do it. Because technically you should be standing behind an imam, a person that leads the prayer, and because it's done online, you don't know where he's standing.
1: <laughs> so geographically you could be in front of the imam. So if, you're to, if you, so if you're going to live stream, you have to live stream from a mosque that's closer to Mecca.
2: Well, that's I, 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 the question I posed is um, we, we've got to go onto Google Maps. <laughs> they're located. If we're behind them, then maybe it works. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if you're like just in front of them, you take your phone – and you stand behind the mosque somewhere on the street with your phone and you can pray from there. And if the cops stop you, you can just show them. I'm praying. That's
2: there. another idea. Nazeem, is that a
1: fatwa I don't, know. I don't want to issue <laughs> fatwas. <laughs> I think this is the first fatwa on this podcast.